guys, it's Amin and welcome back to my podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be discussing sexuality in the South Asian community with one of my good friends, Aman, who's kindly sharing his story with us. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank you for joining me today. Okay, so Aman, um, I want to ask you, I'm going to literally like go in the deep end oh and no. I'm going to ask you, what does LGBTQ mean for you? That's a very weighted question. For me, it's sort of a community in which you can identify with like-minded people. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say a disclaimer that like, I don't know if I'm like the best person to talk about this because I don't think I have that many like queer friends or consider myself to be like assimilated in a queer community. Mm -hmm. But you know, us South Asian queer people are hard to 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 find, yeah. Yeah. But I think that says a lot about South Asian, the South Asian queer community in general. Like I think that that says a lot because it's like why why are they hiding but i think along with the community it comes along with its own sense of culture and i don't think it's just a group of people who feel one way about one about the people they're sexually attracted to like i think because it's been a group that's been so like oppressed and culturally stigmatized and isolated that over time they have developed themselves a culture like a medium in a way Mm -hmm. so like that i think that's why you see like certain things so for example like the whole concept of drag if we take that that was born out of um i don't know if anyone's seen the show pose on bbc these predominantly black american queer people and they sort of started like the whole queer drag movement in america and then it obviously came over here but like Mm -hmm. it's just an example of like how being oppressed and being like a stigmatized community leads to you forming your own sort of culture and like way of living basically so i think that's one one way that like the queer community can be interpreted okay i guess yeah but i think for me it's definitely like more so a group of people who like you know they're just there to support you because Mm. at the end of the day no one gets the queer experience unless they've been through it like i feel like you can try and make people understand i'm not saying there's anything wrong with them not being able to fully understand it but at the end of the day no one will get it until they've been through it themselves like the same with any struggle yeah you only have to you have to walk a mile in their shoes to do that don't you exactly so um when did you realize you identified with the lgbtq community like what's your story my story is oh this is loaded to put out there um i don't know i think I think that I, I don't want to be like, one of those people I always knew, but like, yeah. I kind of did. Okay. I don't know. I guess you just know, like, I think it starts off with like little things when you're like, I would say as far back as like primary school, mm. just like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I generally don't, I don't know how to put it into words. So I'm sure there's someone else out there who would be able to, but I know for me, like, I don't know, just not feeling like you fit with the general like consensus of like boys acting and behaving a certain way yeah. which i think in itself is a bit problematic like it is not a bit but like it is problematic like but not fitting with that sort of consensus and stereotype and then like further to that like growing up then realizing oh like it's li- like little things like when you're walking down the street why do i like if we're checking people out yeah. for example like it sounds weird to say out loud yeah, but, but it like happens, doesn't but it? like cut the guys and not the girls and you're just like hmm, why why everyone sort of goes through a stage of like 
denial not everyone a lot of people mm. go through a stage of like not like denial like not really accepting it so like for the longest time like i was like oh there's this thing but like i don't know i think a part of me thought it would just go at yeah, some point you and just like, thought it was a phase yeah and i think there's like a a urge like a want to be like oh this will go and i'll be normal mm. obviously in quotation marks because there's no yeah, such thing there's as being no normal. Such thing as yeah normal. but like that is how you feel and then like then you start to realize oh like maybe it is okay to be this way like this way inclined yeah. whatever orientation you are and then you just sort of learn to i think the hardest part for me personally i don't think the hardest part is telling other people yeah. i think the hardest part is accepting it for yourself once you've done that telling other people which you don't have to like no. i just want to make that very clear you don't have to tell other people but obviously like it's a part of your life that so you're going to want yeah. to tell people and like but if you, you don't owe it, owe yeah it but if you have like the right group of people in your life then like i guess they will love you and accept you for who you are no matter what like and then i think that also helps you to sort of self-accept more because you're like once you like come out to the first person topic of coming out is like problematic in itself as yeah. well but um like once you come out to the first person then it's like okay like this is like and they're fine with it it's like okay like this is it's calm like it's it's okay like you can be like you can live like this and it's fine like i have definitely had not an easy but an easier journey because of the people i surround myself with i didn't come out to my friends or like my friends didn't know my sexuality until i would say like year 13 maybe maybe even after that like i would say definitely before like somewhere between year 13 and first year of uni yeah so i think that to some people that's quite late to some people that's early i don't think there is a there you have time. to you have to realize it for yourself at this age like no like look at people like um philip schofield yeah who came out at the age of like 50 so like yeah i think that i definitely had an easier journey because i think yeah like i said like the people i surround myself with are very much like queer affirming people i had a few lgbt like a few queer friends sorry which definitely helped and like them knowing about their queerness before me telling them sort of like made it okay because it was like oh like other people like are perfectly fine once they come out or yeah. whatever did you feel like you being south asian affected a lot about how you felt being queer yourself as well like do you feel like you were going through more conflicts than say like a, a caucasian person would for example absolutely i think without a doubt because i think i think for a few reasons but the one that comes to my mind the most is that you know in the south asian community regardless of religion there is still a lot of stigma around it and i think that that is a problem especially when it's when you're talking to your family about this because your friends like at the end of the day they grew up in the same generation as you like they might not get it but yeah. they'll still accept you like you're still gonna be the same person to them mm. but i feel like with family it's a lot different because they grew up generations ago so like they've been taught a certain way and like i definitely think that the the south asian queer experience is different to the caucasian one and also i think it's a lot to do with like representation no but even like representation as in like we see so many like queer queer white men on TV yeah. or like in the media in general, but like I, off the top of my head, I can't think of a single. You've only got like you know like um, programs like Acre Bridge or like yeah, that's it. You don't really have exactly. many like representation. Yeah, I completely exactly. And it's like that programs like Acre Bridge, Acre Bridge are great, but it's like that's a program that's been made for this like topic to discuss it. But it's like, when are you going to see it in like a, no like not normal, but like just an everyday TV show that's not specifically made for that topic. For example, in Bollywood films, I think like the most, like there was a queer Bollywood film released really recently, but like 
nothing before that you don't see yourself in anyone else so it's hard for you to understand that like the way you feel about a different gender or any gender is like okay because you don't see other people feeling the same way yeah because i suppose we look up to role models don't we we look look up to people to identify with exactly. them exactly and if you don't have anybody in your community that you can identify with exactly you're asking so many more questions about yourself aren't you exactly yeah. and i think that like the religion aspect of it definitely doesn't help yeah within the south asian community yeah. um do you think the experience of queer females are different to um queer males in our south asian community i think that it would definitely be different i don't know if one is worse than another i guess they both have their own struggles yeah but from what i know and have heard and from speaking to people who identify as queer and are like female or women in the south asian community i think that their experience is definitely has its own struggles i think that for men it might be slightly different because i think men are more prone to going like on the offensive if that makes sense so like yeah. If they see someone who's openly queer walking down the street, I think, and this is me basing this completely off stereotypes, so like mm -hmm. it could be a, like it doesn't apply to every single South Asian person, but like if a South Asian guy sees a queer person walking down the street, I feel like they're more likely to provoke or instigate something. Yeah. Whereas if a South Asian woman, like some auntie, walks down the street, she's just gonna like carry on walking, and be like, oh. But I feel like Asian guys are less accepting mm. because there's this whole stigma about like acting like you know yeah. less of a man. I think because this whole like whole idea of toxic masculinity within the South Asian community, like male community specifically, it's like they want you have to be this hyper masculine, like not at all effeminate male who like is an in quote marks alpha like behave a certain way, talk a certain way, like certain things, like like certain types of music. You have to like cars, like you have to like this, this, this and this. Yeah. Like you have to be super competitive. You have to dress like in trackies or like, you know, like- With a side bag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like with a Gucci bag. Like you have to that? do all those certain things. And it's like this whole idea of toxic. And I don't necessarily blame them because I feel like it's, a lot of it is to do with the way that we have, as a, like they as a generation have been brought up where it's like, yeah their parents have told them or like enforced this like notion of like you have to dress a certain way you have to behave a certain way in order mm -hmm. to be considered a man when actually being considered a man is just like your gender identity you can be the most masculine or most feminine queer man you're yeah. still a man at the end of the day and i think that like what a lot of people don't clock is actually like there are so many like masculine queer men and there's so many feminine queer men like there's not one certain, like, either you have to be a masculine queer man or a feminine queer man. They're also, like, very much interchangeable. Like, I don't consider myself particularly feminine, but I also don't consider myself particularly masculine. Like, mm. I feel like I have my masculine moments. Like, I don't dress very feminine. Yeah, but like, today you dress yeah, like, like in, a raven. In trackies and air forces yeah. and a puffer jacket. But <laughs> I also, like, sometimes behave or think or act in a feminine way but like there's a you know there's like a medium and like there's, it's like a sliding scale but yeah. i think for south asian men they always want to be at the ultra masculine toxic masculine like upholding these all these notions of like you have to have like a deep voice and yeah. a beard and like a skin fade mm -hmm. and whatever like there's no room for growth or there's no room for like differences mm -hmm. which i feel like we should celebrate otherwise you end up with everyone i don't know looking like be young and like that's yeah. a bit boring like i'm sorry <laughs> Like, we shouldn't be forced to fit in one certain box like we should be 
able to be whoever we want to express ourselves as. Yeah. And you shouldn't be judged for if you want to act more feminine, but you're a guy, or if you want to act more masculine, if you're a girl. Like, yeah, you should be accepted exactly. for who you are. I think a lot of people also don't realise that, like, masculine queer men, I think they have it so rough. Like, I'm not saying that they have it more rough than other people, but yeah. I think that they have it rough because, like, let's say, for example, you're a guy, you you like not wake up one day, but like you grow up and you like, oh, like I kind of like girls and guys. Like, I feel like I'm attracted to guys, mm-hmm. like sexually. But you never tell anyone about it because your friends are all guys and they're all straight men. You're never going to tell them. You just have to live with this thing and you're never going to be able to tell people and you can't act in a certain way. You can't go certain places because you have to adhere to whatever your boys are doing. And I think that's so, I don't think I could live like that because, or even date someone who's like that because it's like, genuinely like how do you i don't know i feel like there's so many conversations you have with your friends that's about like gender or like who you're attracted to or whatever so it's just like you're just not gonna ever have that freedom of expression but it's not their fault because at the end of the day if they come out to their guy friend if they come out to their boys they're just gonna be like outcast basically or like exiled from like the group and that's such an l because then you have to and you have to weigh up like do i get rid of my friends or do I like hide this and that shouldn't be an ultimatum at the end of the day exactly should it? It shouldn't yeah. even, you shouldn't have to even think like that that's how it is and I think it's a very sad like this that and you know how we were saying at the beginning beginning like there's some south there's a lot of south asian queer people we don't know about that's yeah. why because they don't want to come out because they're not going to be friends with their boys like they're not going to have any friends yeah. It's well, that's so scary. True. It's so true. But then that's why I think, like, you know, conversations like this need to be had because Period. we need to make this less taboo and make it a more comfortable thing for people to want to talk about. Mm. Because people can't help the way they're feeling at the end of the day. Like, we shouldn't penalise people for being different to what we consider as the norm. This whole concept of coming out, if we put that aside, because that in itself is, like, another conversation why, like, I yeah. don't think it should be called that or whatever, but for the sake of the argument, we'll call it that. Like, if some guy like is in a friendship group full of guys and he comes out to his boys he's still the same guy like nothing about him has changed in fact they get got to know him better Mm -hmm. and like this whole idea of like oh don't move to me like don't don't look at me like that like shut up like no one no one's checking for you like that you're (laughs) ugly your beard doesn't even connect like come on (laughs) you're pushing six foot How does religion affect feelings about your own sexuality? Because you're Muslim, right? First first and foremost, I think that Allah is somewhat... Like, if Allah didn't think it was right, he wouldn't have made it. Like, because everything Allah touches is perfect. Conversely, in Christianity, for example, they believe that God makes everything in his own image. God is perfect. How can you make something that's imperfect? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I feel like from an Abrahamic religion point of view, it doesn't make sense for sexuality to not be, like being queer to not be okay in the eyes of religion because on one hand we're saying oh god loves everyone god everyone has a piece of allah inside them or whatever i don't think that would be true if he didn't rate queer people so like secondly like if you actually look at scriptures and things like that i know for islam and christianity a lot of it is down to mistranslation so like in the Quran, and I don't know if anyone listens to this who's Muslim and they're like, oh, you so changed so much. Shut up. There's a lot of mistranslation. So for example, in the Quran, there's a, there's a story about um, like the equivalent of, I don't know if you've heard of Sodom and Gomorrah. The way that's been translated and the way that, the fact that generations of people have learned that story is that, and it turns out it's not actually, that, that's not actually true, mm. is like mind boggling. Like, there was even a documentary, I'm pretty sure, on Netflix, 
about how this group of men sat down and admitted that they wrongly translated that in the Bible. And that Bible is like the widest, most popular Bible in use today. And I think the same applies for the Quran, like Islam, like it's all down to mistranslation. Like that's trickled down like from generation to generation where now we have like this, this South Asian community, which is fueled by like homophobia and anti-queerness and whatever. But if you actually strip it back, it's I feel like most of the time it comes down to religion and like being misinformed. Our entire like basis for thinking of like, oh, sexuality isn't a choice or whatever is like off mistranslation. Mm. Prophet Muhammad loved everyone. Like literally, like there was, there's a story about a he used to walk past this woman's house and every day she used to empty her toilet water on his head. And then like she was dying or something and then he went and helped her. It's like, so if he hates someone, like if he can still show love to someone who's literally emptying like feces on his head, you think he's not going to love someone because they like guys or because they're transgender? Like what? Like that doesn't, like it doesn't add up at all. So I think that that is definitely like why the South Asian community is, has this like passion around it. Okay, so um, do you think being part of the LGBTQ community has hindered your um, experience dating in the South Asian community? Like, Absolutely. First of all, as we said earlier, there's so many South Asian, like, queer people who just, like, hide it. Yeah. So that in itself, like, how are you going to date someone? You don't know if, like, what? They're like, not even around yeah, today. Yeah. Yeah, like, so, like, that in itself, like, I don't know, I feel like the dating experience, like, I feel like in, for a lot of people, it's just absent in general. Like, I feel like unless it's, like, a friend of a friend of a friend, like, yeah. you're never going to know. And, like, dating apps for, like, the LGBT community are very like ridden with the problems in themselves like okay so I think that that means that dating is generally like hard especially when like you know when you're in a relationship you want to shout about it like I feel like you want to like make it known and it's like such a fine line that you have between like talking about it but also keeping it hidden because like what if like Mm. what if a cousin's cousin tells your parents like yeah because I suppose it's difficult for you like if you wanted to make your relationship more um you know public it's difficult because you don't know who's gonna tell you who's gonna tell your parents I think that's why it's important you have to have like a solid circle and like a solid group of people who are gonna back you and you know they're not gonna like snitch you yeah to your parents or anything and I think like on the topic of dating in the South Asian community I think there's like you know how we were talking about like masculinity and femininity there's Mm. definitely like a like a whole concept of like these DL like down low guys who are like super masculine but like are obviously queer but Mm. obviously don't accept it even for themselves so like they're not out at all you know I feel like dating someone like that would just be like horrific and I see like stories about it on Twitter and I'm like why like why would you even get into that where it's like you know they treat you like they treat you terribly because obviously they're not out like you can't hang out with them like you can't do like little things like you can't hold hands in public and I feel like that's a lot of like the reality of Mm. queer dating like you can't do certain things that I feel like a lot of straight couples just like take for granted but I think in the South Asian community it's definitely like virulent of like this like being DL and like not being out yeah being like super anonymous and it's just like very, it's very harmful because like, again, like it goes back to like, you don't see other people like you. 
So you're never going to accept yourself if yeah. no one else is accepting themselves. It's, I suppose it's like a cycle. Like if you <laughs> always feel like you have to keep your relationship on the down low, if you have to be more private with it, then other people are not going to be able to exactly. see this, like see queer like relationships in public, and then they're not going to know that it is normal. Mm, exactly, it's just an endless cycle, isn't it? And yeah. I think we really need to focus on breaking the, those barriers and those, those mindsets that you know, if we were to see like a queer couple in the street, we wouldn't look twice about it because yeah. there's nothing different absolutely i think that i think that like what a lot of people don't clock about just queer dating in general this isn't specific to like the south asian community but i think like it might be a bit more like relevant for them is like you know like you really don't get the experience that like your parents had for example like where you meet someone you love and like you date them and then you're really happy and then you meet their parents and then they meet your parents and like little things like that like you don't get things like that like I know like if I you know introduce someone to my parents first of all I'm gonna have to come out to them before prior to that which is like gonna be traumatic in itself (laughs) and like them having to learn to accept that and then also accept someone else who comes with that is like it's like what like it's just you don't i think a lot of people take it for granted like little experiences like that or like even just talking to your parents about like who you're dating or who you're seeing like a lot of people and maybe not specifically for the south asian community but like for the white population Mm. like just talking to your parents about dating is so normal or like talking to your parents about sex is so normal yeah because there's a more open relationship isn't it because Mm. those topics aren't taboo with them yeah and I feel like, I don't know why, but it's just looked down upon in our community. I think mm. it's just seen as something that you should just never talk about, never touch on. But I think you should. Otherwise, that's when people get into, like, abusive relationships or they don't know how they deserve to be treated because relationships aren't freely talked about. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think queer relationships, like, you don't see them, like, in real life, let alone in the media. And it's, like, coming back to Ackley Bridge, like, I think it was that Nazarene, like, her mum wanted her to marry a guy. Yeah, like sham marriages. Yeah, Yeah. like sham, like that's so scary. Like what, like the extent people will go to, Mm. to not accept their kid for who they are. It's like, why are you having kids at that point? But I feel like it's not even acceptance. I think people care a lot about their image. Reputation, And it's their reputation. And it's not necessarily like what they think, it's what what other other people think. think. Like, who who cares? Yeah, it's such a big issue in our community. I feel like everybody thinks about like, oh, what is that person going to say? What is that person going to say? But then if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, if everyone's thinking about, oh, what are they thinking about me? Then no one's really caring. Because everyone just cares what other people are thinking. Yeah, about. and if it's that like, makes sense. it's like, why do you care? Why are they living in your head yeah. for that long that you care about? Like, are they paying your bills? Like, exactly. I'm sorry, like, come on. Like, the good thing about our, our generation has its, very much has its pitfalls. But like, I guess the good thing is we have like a lot more self-awareness of the fact that like, I don't think we actually care that much about what other people think. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we do. But I think compared to our parents, yeah, we care a lot less because it's like even little things like your parents care and their first the only rationale for caring is what is someone else thinking yeah no I think know. people should just focus on their happiness at the end of the day and if it if it like annoys someone else who cares they're not living your life are they exactly and I think so, like that goes for like homophobia and the South Asian community in general like why do you care yeah it's like, not affecting you what does it so. do that damages you so much that you have you know go out of your way like beat people up because of it like just accept people who focus are. on your books yeah. like move along yeah, yeah like go to work like go do your own thing like i, I feel like there's so many problems in the world 
And it's like, why are you choosing to focus on these ones that actually don't do anything? Like, yeah. it's not even a problem in the first place no, to be focusing it? on it. Mm. I think there's just a culture of judgment, isn't there? I feel like everybody just wants to say something about other people, but then we need to think about, we need to take a step back and think about what are we gaining from, you know, talking negatively of people. Yeah, it's just like, it doesn't do anything for anyone. And it's like, I think a lot of people think of it as like gossip, like, oh, yeah. is this person straight? Is this person not? But it's like, is it even gossip at this point? Because as I was saying, it's like, is this person's hair brown or black? Like no yeah. one's gossiping about that. So it's like, why is it even a topic to gossip about in the first place? If there was someone out there that's listening, hopefully we get listeners on this podcast. Um, <laughs> if there's someone out there listening, yeah. we'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> if there was someone out there listening to this and that's in a similar position to you, what would you tell them? Um, I think I would say that I feel like everything I say is going to be really corny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. But like, you actually just have to affirm what you know. Like, it sounds really stupid to say, yeah. but at the end of the day, if you realized X, Y, and Z about yourself, you have to just take that in your stride and be like, okay, this is who I am. Like, you can't let it, like, you're not any less of whatever your name is. I'm not less of a man just because I'm not heterosexual for the process of self-acceptance you like i said you just have to firm what you know and like not get bogged down in like the oh i want like what is this person say what is that person gonna say you're gonna find new people if your people aren't your people you're gonna find new people because clearly they weren't the people for you yeah if they behave in this way and should accept you for who you are no matter exactly what. Yeah. like and if they're not gonna accept you then then move along yeah you're gonna find better people exactly yeah, yeah exactly you have to remember that at the end of the day your relationship doesn't define you you define yourself so it's like you have to be comfortable in being single and be happy being single yeah and then like you know things whatever you want to attract to yourself will attract like you have to attract what you want no i agree and i feel like to have that you need to be able to love yourself and accept yourself fully for you to form like meaningful relationships mm. with other people exactly Exactly. And also, like, being in a relationship is not everything. Like, mm. you shouldn't, like, you know, strive to just be in a relationship. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not the be all yeah, and end all. It's not sh- like. You shouldn't base your happiness on it. You don't get, like, it's not like, oh, I'm sad as soon as I'm in a relationship, boom, like, I'm happy. Like, mm. that's not how it works. Like, no. your relationship is going to have enough tor- turmoil as it is, plus the fact that it's a queer relationship additional problems it's just like it keeps going and going and going and then you're just like like you know like i'm not saying don't get into a relationship i think it could it, it is fun like it is it does make you happy but you have to get happiness from other places as well So i just like to thank Aman for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for being really open, transparent with me and like having this like honest conversation. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. I'm, I've enjoyed being here. I'm glad. And I've enjoyed being able to, you know, talk about these things openly. I think this is a big step for me as well. And I'm sure like so many people will value like what you've said today. I hope they do. And I hope that- I hope we can like inspire at least one person like i don't want people to feel uncomfortable talking about this like these are topics that we should feel comfortable about i think what i learned from my conversation with aman today is no matter what your sexual preferences are or who you identify as you are normal there is no set rule of what is okay or what isn't okay in our community And I feel the people that think there are such rules lack real understanding and education on these matters. 
It's okay to be different to what the community sets as the norm. If any of the issues discussed today resonate with you or you just want to read up on them or find advice, I'm going to try and link some resources to this podcast so you can do that. But anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Bye! So stay tuned and watch this space as we push through old-fashioned attitudes and say hello to a more liberal way of thinking. Oh, 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 oh,